0: Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 578 for January 13th, 2019. And I'm your host, Alison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts again, back with Programming by Stealth, episode 69 of X. How are you doing today, Bart?
1: I am doing just fine. And I'm well impressed with you for getting the year right, because I've been getting it wrong all week.
0: (laughs) I have a text expander snippet for that.
1: My brain, unfortunately, does not.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You
1: know, I was going back
0: and and renaming all my folders for all the PBS installments, and man, we've done a lot of work here. Or, well, you have.
1: (laughs) Well, 68, right? This is, yeah. It's a lot of stuff.
0: But when you read back and read the things that we did, you know, in the titles it shows the actual. I, I look at the number, and go, wow, sixty nine. That's a big number. But when you look back and go, JavaScript callbacks and HTML data attributes and JavaScript testing with QUnit, I, I've forgotten all these things that we worked on. Yeah, it's we impressive.
1: We have done a lot, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing good, and it's amazing how how far away I am from being out of ideas. Oh, good,
0: good. Well, that's fun.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, it's been a while since we've done this, so let's let's get our exercise back on by having a look at our challenge, which was quite an open-ended one. It was basically, take your recipe, or in your case, your index of PBS's, or my recipe, take something, and decide what makes sense to you to have as... A collection of two or more tabbed panes and then rewrite it so that it is indeed a collection of two or more tabbed panes. So Good. I obviously use my own sample solutions from last time as my starting point. Um, and so in my recipe, um, in as it was when we last left it, I had below the main body of the recipe, I had two. I had a row that contained two calls um, and on decent sized screens, they were next to each other. And then on smaller screens, they went one under the other. And the first was a list of required equipment, and the second was a glossary of some terms used. So I figured, hmm. rather than having those as, you know, two calls, why not have them as tabbed panes? So that's what I decided to tab. So, before- so then can
0: you put them in one call
1: if you do that? Well, yes, exactly. Oh, so okay. my before code had the basic structure that we had a row, so div class equals row, which contained a section with the classes col12 and colLG6, and inside that section went the required equipment. And that was followed by another section tag with the class col, in other words, take up whatever space is left, um, and the glossary went in there. So that was one row with two cols. So in my restructured, refactored code, we still have div class equals row, but instead of our section being... A call, we now have a whole new call that we've made up out of whole class. So div class equals call. And then inside that, we've added a nav that will be the bits you click on to move between the tabs. And then <laughs> below that, we have our collection of tabs. And it's inside that collection of tabs is where the two sections now sit. Does that make sense? No.
0: Why? Yeah, I forget. This section is kind of a semantic, like a div thing. Is that yes, what it was?
1: Exactly. So, a div okay. is a generic division within a page, and a section is a collection of related content.
0: Okay. So, a little, just a semantic version.
1: Exactly. Exactly a semantic okay. version. Just like a paragraph okay. is a semantic version. Look of at a me div.
0: remembering something.
1: Yay. <laughs> yes. It's a miracle. Um, so, my whole markup uses the sections for each of the bits of my recipe. So, I just stuck with my semantic tags. And so that's the big picture thing. So we we have a row and a call, and inside that call we have our collection of tabs for clicking on, and our collection of panes that we'll be clicking between. Um, So the 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 clickable calls are you know class nav class equals nav nav dash tabs nav dash justified. So nav means turn it into a Bootstrap style opinionated nav element. Nav dash tabs is one of the styles Bootstrap offers us. And nav that's justified is describing how I would like the empty space to be spread out around my clickable bits. Right. Uh role equals tab list is helping assistive devices to know that this nav contains a list of clickable tabs. Inside it then we have a link or an A tag for every clickable tab. So they have the class nav-item and nav-link. And in the case of the default one, also the class active, because you know one of them is going to be visible by default. So that one should get the tab uh, the, the, the class active. Uh, it then needs to have an ID so that we can refer to it later. And so I've given it the name equipment underscore tab. Sorry, I've given it the ID equipment underscore tab. Uh, We then have to tell Bootstrap that it should do its JavaScript magic. So we say data-toggle equals tab. Yeah, it turns out
0: if you skip that, nothing happens.
1: (laughs) No, when you click anyway. No, yeah, that is the bit that makes the JavaScript go. Um, Forgot that once. So basically, and it's not by magic. So um, Bootstrap's JavaScript code has a document-ready handler, and that document-ready handler scans your document for things with the data attribute data-toggle equals tab, and then it does the JavaScript to make the clicking work. So it uh, adds okay. click handlers is what it's actually doing. Uh, we then have href equals, which is where is basically is a way of linking. So that's, again, JavaScript, the JavaScript that belongs to Bootstrap is going to use that href attribute to know what to hide and what to show. And basically everything that's not the one you're showing is hidden. Sort of how you should think of it. So okay. we're saying pound sign equipment dash pane. So that tells me that somewhere further down the document there will be something with ID equals equipment dash pane. And that is what should become visible when this particular tab is clicked on. And then we have the stuff to help the assistive devices role equals tab, aria dash controls equals equipment underscore pane, aria dash selected equals true because this is the default one. And, and then are
0: you dash controls equals equipment pain that's that's telling it now go down and look at that pain when it because uh, it won't actually be visible or invisible it's telling is that why it needs to know it
1: it's telling the assistive device so you're saying this is a Yoki for controlling something and then you're telling the assistive device and this is the something the, the Aria hmm. protocol says you should give the assistive devices that information they don't necessarily understand JavaScript right? So the href is being used by Bootstrap's custom JavaScript. So it has no generic meaning. That is a purely Bootstrap thing. The ARIA stuff is entirely generic and would be applicable regardless of whether it was your own custom JavaScript or what was going on. So the the, the ARIA stuff is is utterly generic and not Bootstrap related. And that href equals is a Bootstrap thing.
0: Interesting. I just wonder what it would see if you didn't tell it ARIA controls equipment pane, what, what it, would it would do. It would break the
1: rules, uh, so then the screen reader would have to guess. So basically but you're off the reservation. When, when it I got don't,
0: clicked, wouldn't it, wouldn't it show the equipment pane?
1: Might do, depending on whether the the assistive device has JavaScript support.
0: Hmm.
1: Basically, you'd hmm. be off the reservation. I couldn't tell you what it would okay. do. It would be undefined. It would be It would okay. be up to the creator of the assistive device to have basically, yeah, the, the there are no rules, so I don't know, is the answer.
0: <laughs> okay. That's why you're explicit, right? Okay,
1: exactly. got it. Yeah. Uh, the next we then have almost the same. The only difference being there is no class active because the second the tab is not active. That's the one that's currently hidden. Uh, and then the aria selected is obviously equal to false on the end. Right. Yeah. And that ends that nav. So that just gives us the two clickable tabs. And those two tabs control two content panes. Um, and those content panes are wrapped within a single div, which has the classes tab dash content. That's the important one. That tells Bootstrap that in here are going to be basically what's in here. There should only ever be one of them visible at a time, the one that's active. Right, uh, and the rest is me making it um pretty. So I said border. Mm-hmm and then border-top-0. So give it a border on all four sides and then take the top border off. Because the tab... That's what
0: confuses me. How is that the top border? Because your tab looks like a tab on a manila folder. Okay, so... So the top is definitely there.
1: It's not, though, because that manila folder is the top of the tab, not the top of the pane. So
0: the pane is underneath the tab, and it's the pane that no longer has a top.
1: Precisely, because the tabs... So the... Nav-tabs gives you, uh, in this case, it gives you the side of required, the roundy corner, the flat across the top of required equipment, the roundy corner, the slide down the side, and then the line underneath glossary.
0: So the tab gives you that.
1: Yes. So nav-tab is what's doing that. And then okay. under nav-tab is the square box that contains the equipment. And that box doesn't have a top border because if it did, there will be a line between required equipment and. Oh, uh, okay,
0: that's okay. So it's it's the border. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's the it's the tab, tab content.
1: Hmm. Right. So how tab, do you
0: how do you know that that has to do with the pane, not the?
1: Because that is uh, not the tab. Because that's the bootstrap rule. The bootstrap rule is your ta- your your pains go inside the tab dash content.
0: Okay, okay, got you, got you. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so we have border, border dash top dash zero, and rounded dash bottom, because I just like having the roundy pixels underneath. (laughs) And to make everything look sane, I also have PX dash three. Do you remember your bootstrap utilities? What's PX?
0: It's, well, it's pixel. It's a, oh, oh, no, no, it's padding to uh, the right and left of like medium.
1: Uh, Padding on the X axis. One to five. Yes.
0: On the x-axis, right, so either side?
1: X-axis is left to right, yes. Yes, Right. Because py is up and down. Right. Yes. And three is, you know, three. It's the number halfway between (laughs) zero and five, which is the range that Bootstrap goes. So then inside that tab content, we have our two original sections, exactly as they were before, but just some different classes on top. Uh, so I've given them IDs that I hope make sense, equipment-pane and glossary-pane, or sorry, underscore-pane. Uh, and the class they have to have is tab-pane, which tells Bootstrap that this is one of the panes inside the tab content. And in the case of the first one, it also gets the class active so that it's actually visible by default. And then for accessibility, we have role equals tab panel and labeled by equals equipment-tab. So that's telling now, if you. Now,
0: if you didn't tell it to make that pane active and that tab was already active and it's calling that pane, wouldn't the pane show?
1: It wouldn't show until you clicked on something and then it would get itself back in order. But at the point the page oh, okay. loads. OK, so you
0: need to give wrong. it a default who's. who's...
1: Yeah. Yeah, because okay. if it's wrong, when you click on glossary, then Bootstrap's JavaScript will put everything right. And then if you click back on required equipment, it'll be right again. OK. But at the point the page loads, it will be wrong. Gotcha. and so the end result is clicky tabs between required equipment and glossary. Um, you will find. I like full what th-
0: you did a lot better than mine. <laughs> Yours is that's a, a great use of it.
1: I was relieved when I went to do my homework that I found something sensible because I thought I might have to get <laughs> creative. Um, <laughs> and you'll find the full uh, my full solution in the zip file uh, as PBS sixty eight dash challenge dash solution.
0: Good. You know, I ended up with an odd case, and it would be really interesting if I could tell you how I fixed it, but I just had three lines, one to be under each of three tabs, right? Three panes. And for some reason, when the page first loaded, it would show all three under the first tab. And then maybe it was... Yeah, maybe it was because I didn't set one of them active. But no, the weird thing is when opposite. I clicked
1: If you set all three of them active, if you copied and pasted the first one and it had active, then you already have exactly the behavior you're describing. And then the moment you click on one, Bootstrap will set all of them to not have active except for the one you clicked on, at which point two of them will vanish. And then everything that will be would normal. be
0: good if that's what happened. But it didn't. So the weird thing was, if I cl- it, with the first tab is it was active, so it would, the mm-hmm. pain would come up with all three. So let's say they were all active, all pain, three panes were active. Mm-hmm. When I clicked on the second one, mm-hmm. one of the three would disappear, the the one that went with the first tab. And then when I clicked on the third one, the the first two would disappear, and it would be correct. And from then on, clicking around would keep they would all stay correct. Okay, so it, the- you're right. It had to have something to do with what I made active.
1: Yeah, it has to have the exact permutation. I can't quite deduce, but yes, it definitely (laughs) had to do with the active class.
0: Yeah. I'm good at finding what doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Okay, so that then brings us to new stuff for the day. Uh, We're going to spend our entire day um, looking at one component. In other words, a thing that Bootstrap has created that does not exist in raw HTML. And it's something that Bootstrap calls a nav bar. So... A nav bar, as its name suggests, is like a nav, only better. It's basically a superset. So a nav just contains a list of links which may or may not be inside a dropdown. Or sorry, which may or may not include dropdowns of more links. So we looked at navs last time. Uh, now we have the nav bar, which is basically the nav on steroids. And in particular, its main role in life is to be that ever-present bar at the top of just about every web page these days. Mm. So not every web page that has one of these bars has Bootstrap, right? But those bars are what the Bootstrap nav bar is trying to allow you to create. So it will obviously contain links because it's a navigation. That's sort of what it's for. And it can contain drop downs so that we can have expandable links like we have in a regular nav. Uh, But it's also designed to allow you to add some branding because... At a site, you know, your your main bar on a site should be branded. Uh, even after you leave the front page, you still want to have some sort of branding to tell you where you are. So if you look at the Bootstrap documentation, it has a nav bar across the top, and it always has that B icon. No matter what page you navigate to, you always have that purple bar across the top, which is the nav bar. It contains some links, and it contains a, you know, their Bootstrap icon, which is their branding. Right. So that's an example. Um And then it also contains actually a collection of little form elements over on the right, which is another thing that a nav bar can contain that a regular nav... Well, I'm not going to say it can't, but anyway. A regular, you know, a a nav bar can contain buttons and, in fact, entire inline forms, but they have to be inline, uh, can go into a nav nav bar. Hmm. Um, There's also the ability, if you want, just add some plain text. You may want to just add a description of something or a tagline, or, you know, you may just want some text that isn't a link or a button, just... Plain text. You can add that too. Um, and the nav bar is designed by default to be responsive, so it is designed to operate in two modes: a collapsed mode and an expanded mode. And in the collapsed, just just two,
0: not not different breakpoints for different size screens.
1: Uh, yes, it is, yes. It is going to be controlled with breakpoints, but the break you will choose at which breakpoint you will go between mode one and mode two.
0: Okay. There's not like five different modes it can go through? No, there's two like
1: modes, that. and you get to choose at which breakpoint the switch happens. And when you, Okay, that makes sense. It does, because different websites have different amount of stuff to fit into that bar. And so if you have a site with a very simple bar, you may want it to expand very quickly. But if you have a site with a very complex bar, you may not want it to expand until you get to, you know, maybe LG. Right, so, right. You know, it is up to you to decide when to expand and when not to expand. Okay. Um the so you basically choose which bit as well as choosing when to expand and contract, you also choose what doesn't doesn't get hidden because it doesn't not everything has to hide when you collapse. Uh, but you you basically mark which bit is the Heidi bit and which bit isn't. Okay. So when you're in the collapsed mode, um, you will get. Okay. So Bootstrap is mobile first. So the default is actually to be in the in the smaller compact collapsed mode. That's that's its default behavior, and unless you specify when it should change, it will be in that mode at all breakpoints. So if you wait, if, say, say that again. So. The default is, it's mobile first, so the default is the collapsed mode, the small mode. Oh, okay. And unless you tell it when to become the other mode, it will never become the other mode.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Now you, so the, so we have to, when we're creating a nav bar, we, we have to make a choice of when it should switch modes. If we don't make a choice, it will never switch modes. And the default mode is the small collapsed mode. Okay. In that collapsed mode, you're going to see a subset of what's in the menu, and there's gonna be an icon, which by default is left aligned, and consists of three horizontal lines. In bootstrap speak, that is the toggler. In everyone no, else's speak. Not hamburger speak, menu. <laughs> no, in everyone else's speak is the hamburger. Okay. So a hamburger is not a bootstrap word. It's a generic web design word. And pretty much every, you know, every web designer, when they're talking to you, they will talk about the hamburger button. In bootstrap <laughs> documentation. They call it the toggler. In, yeah, in bootstrap documentation, it's the toggler because it toggles the visibility of the hidden items. So those items that you can't see, they're not gone. They're just hidden to save space. And when you click the toggler, then the menu will expand vertically with the missing items stacked underneath it, you know, vertically. So I
0: was I was watching the bootstrap documentation while you were talking to look for that and it doesn't have a toggler.
1: It does. It's on right aligned, not left aligned. And the toggler is on the second row uh, because their collapsed bar has two rows. They've, they've gone very, you very non-stop.
0: Not, not on the homepage it doesn't, which is where I was. If you're on documentation, you're right.
1: So in its its collapsed mode, you see whatever is not hidden, arranged horizontally. And then the toggler, which by default is not on the right, it's on the left. But Bootstrap's own page is very (laughs) Mm -hmm. non-default. And when you click that button, the menu expands downwards. And everything that's hidden is stacked vertically underneath, you know, into this newly expanded room. And if you click the toggler again, it shrinks back up. So expand down, shrink up. When you widen the screen enough to flip into the other mode, your stuff is all arranged horizontally, so it's not vertically anymore it's now all horizontal, and by default, it would all be left aligned but of the course
0: the stuff yeah, that would have been hidden would be left aligned
1: everything would be left aligned and unless you go to the effort of not of aligning something another way, it will be all left aligned by default. so in bootstrap's case, they have gone to the effort because they've aligned some left and some right. But by default, out of the box, if you've done nothing, everything will just align to the left. And in the collapsed Mm. mode, by default, everything stacks vertically. Okay. Now, you can use Bootstrap utilities to change just about anything because that's what the utility classes are for. So that's why I'm keeping on using words like by default. Right. You can just put a line dash left on it, and suddenly the whole thing mirrors, you, you know, floats something. You can do all sorts of things. It's just okay. content, right? So you can use the, the, the utilities to jiggle it around. But anyway, what I'm going to describe is just the default behavior. And if you want to do something else, we'll talk about it. So, the first thing to say is that the entire nav bar is going to be contained within a single tag. And you can use any tag you like. However you probably want to use the nav tag because the nav tag is semantically correct and will just work from an accessibility point of view if you use any tag other than nav then you have to say role equals navigation to comply with the aria rules does that make sense i've i've
0: I, i've lost where you're talking about that though um
1: Okay, I've now for the uh, first time mentioned actually creating a navbar. So I'm saying that the very first thing you're going to do to make a navbar is to create a tag of your choice, give it the class navbar, and then if you're using the nav tag, you're done. If you're not using the nav tag, you have to say role equals navigation.
0: Okay. Are, are you starting creating a basic collapsing navbar in the show notes?
1: Navbar basics. Navbars are entirely contained within the tag if you're choosing that must be given the class.navbar. Navbar basics. Uh, bootstrap hmm. Navbar is the top-level heading. And there's then two paragraphs, and then you have a third-level heading called Navbar bar. Oh, basements.
0: you're way we're way down into there. I think you've been jumping around on me. Okay. Because down below that is where you start talking about breakpoints, so I skip past that. Okay, I'm caught. I'm, I'm back on the show notes.
1: Okay. Yeah, to be honest, I don't always go in the order I write because the conversation <laughs> doesn't flow the same right,
0: way. right. Okay.
1: So you have to give your nav... Or whatever. Okay, let's just say we're using a nav. It's easier, right? We're just gonna use a nav. Mm -hmm. You have to give it the class navbar. That says to Bootstrap this is a nav bar. But we're not done then. We have to tell Bootstrap some more information. The next piece of information Bootstrap wants is which style of navbar you would like. And there are surprisingly only two styles. Because Hmm. Bootstrap only styles the foreground elements. The background elements are up to you to style as you wish. So you can set the background to any colour or image or basically anything you want. And all Bootstrap cares about is the foreground. And it has two of them. One designed to look good against light colours and one designed to look good against dark colours. So they are navbar-light and navbar-dark. Oh, OK. If you want to be lazy you can use Bootstrap's color utilities to just pick a background. So maybe bg-dark or bg-primary mm-hmm. or whatever. Or you can just use plain old CSS to give it any background image you can imagine or any background color you can dream of. But you have to so tell So if you
0: Bootstrap. do navbar-light, what is what is it styling? What it, It's just styling the, the all characters? the foreground
1: elements. So the text and stuff, yes. The okay. stuff that's not the background is being styled in such a way with the assumption that what's behind it will be dark. So... If you pick navbar dash dark, then it's going to be white text. Okay. If you pick navbar dash light, it's going to be designed to go on a light background, so it'll be black text. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So you have to choose one of those two. So so far the rules are nav, class equals navbar, navbar dash primary or navbar dash light or navbar dash dark. So I said that by default we forever stay in the Compressed mode. So the next thing we have to do is we have to tell the nav at what point in time we'd like it to switch modes. And the way we do that is by adding I basically navbar dash expand dash name of breakpoint. So if we want it to be collapsed up until so smaller than medium and to be expanded from medium on up, we would say navbar dash expand dash md. So we we'll basically say we specify the smallest size that's expanded and then from there on up will be expanded. Right, right. And if you want the thing never, ever, ever to be collapsed ever, you can just say .navbar-expand.
0: Oh, okay. Which is like an implied...
1: It's an implied uh, XS.
0: XS. Yeah, extra small. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Which is, again, standard bootstrap way of doing things. So it's sort of keeping their their their, their syntax consistent with itself. Okay, so we've already described the, uh, what the toggler looks like and the fact that it's called the hamburger button. So to summarize, our navbar will have the class navbar, and then one of navbar light or navbar dark, and then one of navbar-expand, navbar-expand-sm, navbar-expand-md, navbar-expand-lg, or navbar-expand-xl. And so that's the styling of the main container finished. But a container needs to contain stuff. So what Lego, blick, Lego, blicks, Lego bricks do we have <laughs> to work with inside our nav bar? What, what can go in there? So a nav bar can contain some or all of the following. So the first thing is a hamburger button, um, which is our toggler. And we'll look at that in more detail in a moment. Now, if you have a navbar that never, if you have .navbar-expand, you can omit the toggler because what's it going to do? It's never going to be visible, right? You've told it that there will, it will never be in the in the small mode. So the toggler has no function, so you can leave it out.
0: Okay. So do you explicitly leave it out? You tell it, don't show up?
1: You just leave it out. Yeah. I mean, if you're making a, a bar with the express intention that it never collapsed, just leave it out. Just, you know, okay. save yourself some typing. Yeah, a, few, a few bytes of file size, just leave it out. It has no function in life. It will never be visible. Uh, the next thing you can then have is what's called some branding, um, which is basically a title and or a logo. Um, the next thing you can have is a nav. In other words, a collection of links, which may or may not include dropdowns. The next thing you can have is some text. So, it, you know, some text regions. Uh, you can then have some inline forms... And the last thing that you, sh- that you need to have if your menu is ever in the collapsed mode is a wrapper that basically wraps the stuff that should hide.
0: Oh, right, right, right. You have to say what's going to disappear.
1: Yeah. So some of the things I've mentioned above will be inside this wrapper and some things will not. If it's outside the wrapper, it stays visible always. If it's inside the wrapper, it comes and goes. So in terms of classes, it's navbar-toggler for the toggler, navbar-brand for the brand, navbar-nav for the collection of links, navbar-text for any text regions, and plain old form-inline for the inline forms. In fact, there's no special markup needed at all for inline forms. They're exactly as we described them quite some time ago. And then the container that contains the hide and show stuff is navbar dash collapse. Okay. So the only things allowed inside a navbar are those things. And the only things allowed inside the collapse are your your brand, your text, your nav, and your forms. So, so what you can't was left have a collapse inside list?
0: a collapse. Oh, okay. Right.
1: And you, I don't think you can put the, no, you can't put the toggler in there either because that would be, that would be impossible because then you can never, <laughs> how do you expect, how do you click on a thing that's hidden until you click on it? Right, right. Yeah, so the, yeah, so the, the, the toggler can't go in the collapse either. Um, In terms of the hamburger then, uh, if you're going to use it, it's basically a copy and paste job. Uh, the only thing you have to do is change one attribute. So, well, two. Um, data dash target equals pound sign, and then the actual ID of the hide and show bit has to go in. So your hide and show bit has to get an ID, and that ID has to go into data dash target equals. And have we has, talked
0: about data dash target before?
1: Uh, n- no, because this. It, 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 it isn't. Yes, it is new. This is, how, this is specific to the toggler. It's so the same.
0: what does data-target mean?
1: It is it means bootstrap. This is a toggler? It's No, it's ease. It says, what is it I should toggle? So the toggler is the button you click, and you have to tell that button, what's the thing I'm hiding and showing?
0: Okay, so the data-target data is specific to navbar togglers?
1: It's also used by other togglers within bootstrap. Okay. But it's a bootstrap thing. Okay. And its job here is to say, wh- what is the bit that I'm supposed to be hiding and showing?
0: Okay, so the bit that you're hiding and showing, you give it an ID and then you reference that in data-target? Exactly. For the for the button for the navbar toggle.
1: Yes, Got it. exactly. So that when you click that button, bootstrap knows what to do. Then to help screen readers, you say ARIA-controls and you put the ID in again. Okay. Aria-expanded equals false, because by default, the togglers is, are always hidden. And Aria-label um, is just some text. So toggle navigation is the default that they recommend in the docs. So that's what I have in there. Then yeah, in why, the,
0: is the, why is the toggler? Oh, it's not expanded, but it is, it is visible. Just OK. Yeah, the toggler I is visible,
1: up. right? Because it's what we okay. use to hide and show the rest. Right. OK. Uh, so the whole thing is a button. And then inside the button, you could have anything you like, right? You could put any icon in here you wish, but you probably want the default icon. And to get the default icon, just put in an empty span and give it the class navbar-toggler-icon. And Bootstrap will put in the hamburger. Okay. So if you wanted something else... Have you noticed, by the
0: way, people are starting to do hamburger menus where the three lines are are descending in size? I don't like it.
1: No, descending in size, I don't like Part of me, w- long wishes, and
0: medium and a small. It's like what? It, what is that supposed to be?
1: Part of, yeah, that to me is the filter icon. Like some things have a filter uh, icon no.
0: That's... It's not on center. It's it's like right Ooh. justified, a long and medium and a small. I've seen it a couple of times recently. I I don't like it. It's oh, yeah, not that, not that, that the hurts. way it was intended.
1: No, that hurts. <laughs> um Part of me thinks there should be a thick line, a thin line, a thick line, just to make it more like an actual hamburger, but. <laughs> And some sites used, for a while, there was a pattern of using four lines instead of three lines on some sites as well. It's uh, sort of like a Big Mac, I guess. <laughs> and That'll be five. Anyway. So the only thing you have to do for the, for the hamburger is change the ID. Otherwise, it's a copy, paste or text expander. Jubby.
0: Oh, you, you take that whole button
1: thing? That whole button thing it, is the same every time apart from that ID. Okay. And that becomes the button. So let's start with a basic collapsing nav. So you'll find this as the first nav bar within pbs69a.html inside the zip file. Um, So do we want to look at the end result before we look at the code, or what way around do you want to do it?
0: Um, Let's look at the end result and then back into it. That'd be fun.
1: Okay, so if you load that page and start off with it good and wide, I guess. And so we Mm -hmm. have a very simple... I've gone with the dark navbar. I've used bg-dark from the Bootstrap Utilities as the actual background colour. And I've given it the class navbar-dark. Mm-hmm. And I have... The only thing that my navbar contains is the toggler, which is currently invisible because you're on a widescreen. And then it contains a single nav, which has two links, photography and day job, one drop down, And that drop down contains three links, which are the three podcasts... Or, there are three podcasts with which I'm associated. Okay. So two links and a drop down with three links. And the currently invisible toggler. So now right. start shrinking in your window until you get to smaller than MD. And then it should collapse. It's all
0: gone. <laughs>
1: yes. The only thing that has now come into it that has now appeared, is the hamburger. Okay. So click on the hamburger. All right. Out comes yeah. our menu, now vertically stacked. And our mm-hmm. dropdown now vertically stacked. Okay. Right. And then we click okay. the hamburger again and the whole thing shrinks up again. Right. So that is a navbar at its most basic. So let's look at the code. So wrapping the whole thing, we have a nav, class equals navbar, navbar-expand-md. So I'm saying that we should go into the big mode from medium and bigger. I'm saying navbar-dark so that we have the, the, the foreground colors are designed to go in a dark background. And bg-dark, I'm just taking Bootstrap's dark background as you know from the utilities and using that. And I'm giving the whole thing the very imaginative ID navbar1. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we have our hamburger, which is just exactly as from the show notes, but where the ID is, I have put in the very clever navbar1 underscore content. And mm-hmm. we will see that in a moment. So, following the hamburger, the next thing we have is our expandable collapsible region, which is div id equals navbar one underscore content, class equals collapse navbar dash collapse. So, that is how you specify that this is the collapsy bit of the navbar. It's collapse and navbar dash collapse. So, why both? Because why does... collapsing is something that's shared by a whole bunch of bootstrap features.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So basically, collapse says use Bootstrap's collapse plugin, it's called. Okay. And navbar collapse says which specific variant of collapsing we'd like.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Then inside our collapsy region, there's only one thing it's a navbar. Uh, and so it gets the class navbar nav. And ignore the fact that it says ML auto because I deleted that in my mind, but not in my actual. <laughs>
0: Okay. But no one listening is going to know that, so it's not there.
1: It's not there. Uh, so you've
0: got a UL inside it here and that because you're going to have this unordered list of of things. Yes. And you've given the UL itself the class navbar-nav.
1: I've given the UL the class navbar-nav and then everything inside there is exactly copy and paste from what we did last week, which is a plain old nav. So you have your nav items and your nav links. Okay. And you have your drop down. Right. So basically, every, that entire UL, apart from the fact that it has the class navbar-nav instead of just nav, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same as what we did last week. So it's okay. copy-paste, which is actually what I did. <laughs> right, so the navbar contains a nav. Uh, and then you can see it in action. So that's, that's really all there is to it. The only thing to draw your attention to is that the ID, navbar1 underscore content, and the data target and the ARIA controls have to match.
0: That's right, the plumbing.
1: Right. That's the plumbing that hooks it all together. And that's The one it. thing
0: I'm surprised at here is that the, the default styling that they chose for, for um, let me see, where is it? The navbar-dark is so low contrast, that's difficult to read. It's not, it doesn't jump out at all. The letters are kind of a dark gray on a, or medium gray on a real dark gray. Yeah, I, I guess the, I'm the using the them on a very white more.
1: website, so I'm not sure if that's a particularly... That's a somewhat duck out of water. I think it may be easier oh, on the maybe. eyes if it was on a darker website.
0: Well, I can test that. I'm running a um, a plugin called Dark Reader, where you can force things to be dark. Oh, nice. What that's a really
1: be? good uh, accessibility tool.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not working on here. That's interesting. Huh.
1: Oh, there you go. That's, that, yeah, that's...
0: Filter mode, yeah. You found huh. a bug? Well, I wonder whether it doesn't... Hmm. What which it has, do has to do with not being...
1: Bootstrap, like, which is basically one of the most common...
0: Well, but, like, the Bootstrap documentation page uh, is turning dark, but the uh, the local HTML file is not.
1: Uh, might be some sort of security permissions on the file colon slash slash URL.
0: Oh? Oh, maybe. Okay.
1: Because browsers are getting pretty locked down on what you can do at file colon slash slash. Okay. Because if I emailed you an HTML file and made you open it, it probably should be pretty locked down. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to learn how to brand our nav bar. Because it's a bit plain at the moment. Right. Not particularly... Just what I
0: was thinking, Bart. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So you can use any tag you like for the brand. However, the documentation strongly recommends you use the A tag because otherwise you will probably have to use some bootstrap utility classes to get the spacing to look right. But you're Mm. free to use anything you like. They just tell you, make your life easier, use an A. And another reason to use an A is because on most of the internet, the default behavior for the branding is that it is a link to your homepage.
0: Right, right.
1: It's your basically escape
0: get me back home
1: <laughs> get me back home I don't know where I am I'm completely lost get me back home so it actually makes right. sense to use an A um, you then have to give it the class navbar-brand hmm. and you can pop in there whatever you like an image and or some text
0: now, I noticed in your example, uh, you went ahead in the A class and put target equals underscore blank. I think in the case of branding of a of a, uh, nav bar, you probably don't want to do target underscore ba- blank.
1: On a real website, you would not. But on my example page, I did, because otherwise you keep navigating away from your example every time you click by accident.
0: Oh, <laughs> OK. Got you.
1: That was a very conscious decision, um, <laughs> which I'm glad you brought up, because I would have otherwise. <laughs> Um, so in my case, I went with an image followed by, you know, a title for the page, which is just part B. Um, and so the markup is very straightforward. Um, I did not put it inside my collapsible region. So if we now look at the second example in our PBS69A.html, HTML, is what my... So again, started with the screen big. So mm-hmm. we have... Ah, sorry. Before, I want to say one more thing. So, that ML auto that snuck into the previous example um, shouldn't have gone in until now because that ML auto is there to do. St- OK. On the first example, everything is just left aligned. Right. If I hadn't put in the ML auto, the second example, everything would also be left aligned. You would see my icon, my text, and the links all next to each other, all on the left.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And I don't want that. I actually want them to spread out. So what's ml-auto? That's one of the bootstrap utilities. Can you piece that together?
0: Margin left auto, but... um.
1: So auto means know. take up all available space.
0: Right, but your example is not taking up all available space.
1: Well, it is, because the margin... To the left of the P in photography is taking up all available space. The margin is taking up all available space. A margin is empty space.
0: Well, let's describe to people what, they're, what we're seeing on screen. We see your logo, Bart B, and then a bunch of space, and then your three links are on the far right.
1: Yes. So those three links so, are in a nav. And that nav right? has ML-auto.
0: But what's making it be right justified?
1: ML dash auto. Okay, margin goes on the outside, then the border, mm-hmm. then the padding, then the content. Right. The margin by default is zero pixels when stuff is just le- you know next to each other. So if there was no margin, actually, you should edit it yourself there in uh, Code Runner. Take the ML dash auto out.
0: Doki key. I usually have it ready for this kind of crazy activity. Um, I'll have to find it. And the second one. Love is very basic behavior. Here we go. Um, so, and this is going to take me a second to the main body. I, I, this going to, oh, no, nope, there's some, there it is, maybe. And I'll run it. Okay. And now everything moved to the left. Okay, So so, the the, the three links slammed over to the left that were part of the nav.
1: Okay, so the reason is that the logo has a left margin of zero and a right margin of zero. Bart B has a left margin of zero and a right margin of zero. The nav has a left margin of zero and a right margin of zero. And then all the other space is utterly empty. There is nothing in that space the rest of the way to the edge of the nav bar. So I am now saying that on the left side of the nav... The margin should take all available space. The left margin should take all available space.
0: That is such a twisted way to do it. I see, what, I see what you're saying, but wow. As opposed to saying, take this stuff and shove it on the right, you're saying any available space, put it on the left.
1: Yes, and the it reason seems for that... counterintuitive. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, except <clears throat> for the fact that when you become vertically stacked, there are no margins. So when you become vertically stacked, nothing is aligned the wrong way. Hmm. So now as you shrink, it'll collapse. Now, what's Mm -hmm. happened here? So the collapse has happened. So now what's going on?
0: Now you've got the hamburger toggler jumped over to the left and Bart B jumped over to the right. And I don't know why.
1: That is what Bootstrap does by default. So that's not something I've done. That's Bootstrap's default behavior. So its default behavior is that the toggler is left-aligned and okay. everything else is right-aligned. But again, there's no margin set on this. So the margin is zero. So if I right-align it, well, it hangs to the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. And hey, presto. Now, when you click on the expandy button, even though I've put a ML-auto on the nav, it's fine because it's now a vertically stacked flexi- flex box, which has no concept of a left margin. So my oh, fix okay. to make the expanded version look right has had no side effects. When we have this small shrunk version. Whereas Hmm. if I had used floats or something, oh, we'd have weird stuff going on now.
0: Ah, okay. Right, right.
1: So we now have a nav that is well-behaved, both expanded and shrunk, and has some plausible branding. It looks half-decent anyway. Right. For, just to show you what they look like, this time I have used um, navbar-light. So we now have dark text. And I have used bg-light from the Bootstrap Color Utilities as the background.
0: Much easier to read.
1: It is. I much prefer that. And my website has a white background. So this is actually a sane and plausible navbar. The previous Mm -hmm. one is not sane or plausible. Okay. So the next thing then we want to look at is adding some text that isn't a link into our nav. Or sorry, into our navbar. And you do that by using any tag of your choosing... It really can be any tag. The default is span. And you give it the class navbar-text, and then you fill it with your text. So I want this to come and go. So I have it inside my collapse navbar-collapse. If I wanted it to always stay visible, I'd put it outside the collapse. And what I've decided to do is just use it for a tagline. So an Irish voice online, just an arbitrary silly tagline. So I've just popped it in, but quite descriptive. It's that's not banished It's it's a shortened version of the one I use on my real website, which is, which is an Irish voice in the blogosphere. Though I'm not sure my current theme shows my tagline, so that Know what those... There it is, In teeny weeny tiny writing. <laughs> um,
0: Everything is there is in teeny, in teeny weeny, weeny, tiny weeny tiny writing,
1: <laughs> especially on a 27 inch 5K iMac. Um, <laughs> So, okay,
0: so you've got, you've got the div for the, uh, the navbar mm-hmm. uh, with the collapse and navbar collapse. Then inside that, you've got a span where you've got your navbar text and Irish voice online. And then yeah. you've got the actual nav stuff.
1: Okay. Exactly. So our collapse now contains two things instead of one. It contains the text and the nav instead of just the nav. And so in expanded, oh, the other thing to say is I'm still using uh, navbar-light, but this time I am not using any of the pre-existing bootstrap um, color utilities. I am using plain old CSS to set a custom background color. So in other words, my navbar now has style equals background-color colon octothorpe f1 fc d6. <laughs> of course it does. Which is a very pretty shade of green.
0: So that that's kind of confusing that the text just jumps down into the toggler because it looks styled exactly the same as the nav, but it doesn't do anything.
1: So I'm not following what you're describing. So
0: when we collapse, okay. Uh, as you said, the uh the the text is inside the uh collapsing stuff. mm mm-hmm. Mhm the collapsey bits if you will. Yeah. So now when you hit the toggle, uh you get an Irish voice online photography day job podcasting. The last three of which are the nav. Yes. But the first one is not. It's just kind of it but it looks exactly the same.
1: Except that it doesn't get the hand and doesn't have the hover.
0: Right, which makes me think it's a broken link. Like, why can't I click that? I want to click it. It's not I clickable. Can click everything else. I know. I want to though.
1: Um, yeah. I guess context okay. is possibly everything. So yeah, so because it's inside the collapse, it collapses. If mm-hmm. it wasn't inside the collapse, it wouldn't.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Okay, so that's that's the next thing knocked off our list. Um so the only thing left that we we're able to put into our navbar is an inline form. Um and an inline form has to be an inline form. So we learned about those in oh it says installment triple x. We'll say something more sensible when the show notes are published. <laughs> some installment in the past we covered um inline forms. So it has to be an inline form. But it's there's no other markup. It is exactly as we learned about inline forms some number of episodes ago. So you just put it in with dot inline form. Sorry, dot form dash inline. And it can contain anything an inline form can contain. So that means You know, it can contain buttons and checkboxes and all the usual stuff, or the fancy-pants stuff like input groups like we learned about in Installment 65 or button groups from Installment 63. So my example is a very, very, very common example, a search box. And I've implemented it as an input group consisting of a text box with one append, which is a search button. That's basically a nice, compact search form. And you just put it either inside the collapse or not inside the collapse. If it's, you get how how that would work, right? It's either going to collapse or it's not. Right. And it is literally a copy and paste job from before. (laughs) So span role equals form, class equals form dash inline, within which we have span class equals input dash group. And I decided to make it a bit more compact than default. So I went for input dash group dash SM uh input type equals text class equals form control placeholder equals search site aria label equals search text i should probably make that be search site anyway span class equals input group dash append inside there goes the button close everything off and we're done that really is all there is to it nice and at very wide screens that looks pretty good actually and at really really small screens it collapses in a sensible way and our form is now in the bottom of our collapse Right. Because it's inside the collapse. Uh-huh. Uh, there is one breakpoint where something slightly different happens because it turns out that my tagline is too big at the MD breakpoint. So the very first breakpoint that we expand out, there's no room there for my tagline.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that.
1: So my tagline has uh, some extra classes on it now just to just to hide it as needed. So it now has D-MD-None which means that for medium and larger, don't show, followed by d-lg-inline. So for sizes large and above, do show it as inline. So in other words, by default, it's shown, then we hide it for medium and we show it again for large. <laughs> and a tagline is utterly arbitrary, right? There's no, it, It's not required, so it's perfectly fine to have it not visible sometimes. Right, right. So when it's collapsed, it's visible, and then for just the medium breakpoint, it's gone, and then as soon as we hit the large breakpoint, bang, there it is, because there's room for it now. And uh, the extra large breakpoint is there too.
0: Right. Gotcha. And uh, that's that works pretty
1: well. It's pretty nice, isn't it? Pretty professional yeah. looking, pretty little effort.
0: Right, right. That's the part I was really admiring.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, because basically this is such a common thing to want to do that Bootstrap put the effort in to make it a component. A component. That's what the Bootstrap components are for, right? They're things that right. lots of people want lots of the time that they don't want to have to reinvent every time.
0: Right. Why design that? It's already been done.
1: Exactly. So the last thing I just want to say is a little note on positioning of nav bars. So in this example page, there are four nav bars. Therefore, I have just allowed them to appear in the page in the position that their tag is. In the real world, you would have one nav bar on a page, not four. And the most likely place to find it is not somewhere randomly in the middle of the page, (laughs) It's actually probably at the top. So it is very, very, very normal to use one of the bootstrap positioning utilities on a nav bar. Specifically, fixed-top or sticky-top.
0: Now remember sticky. What was fixed? So fixed Just, means... It never changes?
1: It's always at the top. But it scrolls of, away? Yes, precisely. So fixed means it's always on the top of the page. Sticky-top means it's always on the top of the window.
0: Right, right.
1: So as you scroll, it comes with you. Whereas with fixed, as you scroll, it falls off the top of the screen and vanishes. Right. And that's much Good more point. realistic, either of those two, yeah. depending on your, your yeah. feeling on these things. So my challenge is so simple, it almost looked to me like I forgot to write it, but I didn't. <laughs> build a nav bar for use on your personal web page. Imagine you have a personal web page and now build the ideal nav bar for it.
0: Oh, goody, we get to make something new.
1: Yeah, you get to make something new, you get to make it up, the sky's the limit, whatever you think it should look like. So like it. Just taking stock for a moment to see where we are so far in our Bootstrap journey. So at this stage, we've done the Bootstrap utilities, or as many of them as I plan to cover. There are more, but that's what the docs are for. We've done Bootstrap content, as Bootstrap calls it, which is basically Bootstrap's opinionated styles for standard HTML tags, like the figure tag, like the block quote tag, like headings. So basically Bootstrap opinions on standard stuff is your content. Then we spent a whole bunch of time on the Bootstrap layout component, learning about the 12-column grid and all that kind of fun stuff. And then we moved into... What I sort of called the fourth leg of the stool, which is Bootstrap components, which are these things that Bootstrap gives you that don't exist in standard HTML, like the alert, uh, like that the, the uh, nav we did last week, and like this nav bar we're doing this week. So they're Bootstrap components, and we're not going to do all the components, but there's one more I want to do before we finish up. So the next instalment is going to be the last of the components that I that I that we're going to cover. And then we're going to move on to other stuff. But the docs contain documentation on more components. It's just, you know, up to you to go look up whatever else you might want. So the one we're doing next time is the modal dialog, because that's important when it comes to writing web apps. You need to be able to have a modal dialog to write a good web app. So we're going to do so that when one. when you say we're moving out of uh, other stuff, are we leaving Bootstrap? Not quite, because there's a whole aspect of Bootstrap we haven't even touched. So mm-hmm. bootstrap, so the the phrase to to raise yourself up by your bootstraps, that's not something they, they <laughs> pulled out of thin air, right? The concept is that something that you're bootstrapping, you start off with something and then you build on it. We haven't built on bootstrap. We've used bootstrap. Bootstrap mm. is designed to be expanded. It was built to be extensible. So by default... Primary is a specific shade of blue. Success is a specific shade of green. There are, you know, margin, you know, 0 to to 5, and they have a specific default meaning. And there are W-25 for 25%, and W-50 for 50%, but there's no W-33, for example. They only, Mm -hmm. by default, give you four of them, or three of them. Four of them, you have W-100. All of that is just the default. You, have, you can change your mind so you can overwrite any of these Bootstrap classes so that bg-primary becomes bright purple. In fact, the <laughs> Bootstrap homepage, the Bootstrap docs are a perfect example of this. Bootstrap's primary color is purple. Right. So Bootstrap uses purple all over the place, but purple isn't one of the default colors.
0: And they're not specifying it every time they, they change the default
1: Exactly. So what you do is you take Bootstrap and then you extend it to make my Bootstrap or, you know, Bart Bootstrap or Allison Bootstrap. And then you just start overriding variables. So Bootstrap is actually written in a language for writing CSS. So it's not written in CSS. It's written in a language that compiles to become CSS. Hmm. It's called a preprocessor. And that preprocessor contains variables. And so there's one variable that defines what it means to be primary. And when you compile that, that hex code gets splattered thousands of times through a CSS file that's then what actually you import into your browser. Because if you were to open the Bootstrap CSS file, it would look horrific. It's huge, it's long, and it's full of repetition. But the Bootstrap developers didn't do all that repetition. They wrote it in this other language and then hit compile, and the CSS was burped out the other end. (laughs) (laughs) and so therefore if we want to change our mind on what it means to be primary if we start off in the language bootstrap was really written in and we change the variable from that shade of blue to our preferred shade of indigo or whatever and then we hit compile we now have our own bootstrap where we haven't had to change any of our html right we still say bg-primary but now that means what we want it to mean
0: now, is that done in a way where you can make, like we make child themes in WordPress, where you can upgrade, or, you know, keep up with yes. the latest Bootstrap, and yet keep these changes you've made?
1: Yes, and this is one of this is one of the ways in which Bootstrap four is way better than Bootstrap three. In Bootstrap three, that sort of staying current was a bit hokey. Bootstrap four, they reimagined it to make it infinitely easier to keep your customizations isolated very much like a child theme in WordPress so that you can upgrade core bootstrap and your changes will come along with you without any hassle. How fun. So that's, that's a significant thing we're going to be learning because the concept of writing CSS indirectly is new to us. And it's not just a bootstrap thing. It's the kind of thing we can use anywhere we like. So if you're building an actual web page or maybe you're building a WordPress theme, you're going to use the same colors over and over again. You're going to use, basically you would love the ability to have variables in CSS and CSS doesn't support variables. Well, that's where okay. these pre-processors come in. So these preprocessors are used by Bootstrap, but the skill we're going to learn isn't a Bootstrap skill. It's a web development skill we can then use anywhere we like with or without Bootstrap.
0: Oh, great, great.
1: So that's it. say, I, ho- I hope I've whetted your appetite because that's that's sort of yeah, the big new thing for 2019. If things had gone ideally, I would have liked to end up basically where we will be next week, just as we finished 2018. But it didn't work out <laughs> like that, so I didn't get to have my big. And for starting 2019, with something really cool. But you know, <laughs> we'll kick off February with something really cool.
0: There you go. There you go. We're ready for it now. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been really fun. I love this stuff. This is just just so much fun. Really enjoy it. I. I got, I, I messed something up in my homework a couple of weeks ago and I needed to catch up and fix that. And I probably spent, I mean, I didn't succeed at fixing it myself, but anyway, but I, I spent three or four hours of just complete delight poking and prodding and changing and just really enjoying myself playing with this stuff.
1: Yay. I've made you a coder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not a good coder, but I'm a happy coder. <laughs> That's all.
1: That's, that's all you can ask for. I mean, everyone's a, exactly. Every no one's a good coder at everything. I mean, I spend an awful lot of time stumbling around in the dark because th- th- this is a very, very evolving space. Uh, and actually, I'll just I'll just be honest with you straight up. I have never written a, C- a one of these CSS preprocessor jubbies. I'm describing. I've no I've Ooh. known they existed for years, but I've never got. Basically, I've had starters dilemma because there isn't <laughs> one CSS preprocessor. There's two. Oh, no. And the nerds on planet Earth are in a perpetual war as to whether less or sass is the way to go. And now I don't have to make up my mind because Bootstrap has made up my mind for me. So Bootstrap has decided, Bootstrap is written in, let me just see what Bootstrap is written in because I keep forgetting. Bootstrap is written in, oh it does, anyway, Bootstrap's written in either less or sass and whichever one of them it is, I am now going to learn so that I can teach you. And that's that's the dilemma broken. I don't have to decide. Bootstrap decided.
0: Wait a minute. Is this is this all uh, last year or so we've been doing. Just you secretly forcing yourself to learn stuff by teaching.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's completely a coincidence that I'm working on a new theme for my website that's going to be written in Bootstrap. <laughs> <laughs> completely coincidental. And the fact that I need a custom color scheme for my website so it actually matches my logo has nothing to do with why I'm now focusing on either less or SAS, whichever of these it is that we're about to learn.
0: <laughs> well, glad we could all be of service, Bart.
1: Yes, actually, the other thing I want to say is... Um, oh, yeah. So the other thing we're going to be learning, and I haven't, I may change the order of these, is so Bootstrap contains something called plugins, like um, Collapse is a plugin we saw today. So we used collapse within the context of the nav bar, but collapse can be used for other things. So mm. I haven't quite decided how much or how little we're going to look at those plugins, but we are probably going to look at those plugins because they're more generic than only those one or two instances we've seen so far.
0: Okay. Anyway. So lots that's, to look forward to.
1: Lots to look forward to. And then, then we're done with Bootstrap. But I think we've done a lot with Bootstrap. But it's oh even yeah! There and the thing it's is, when you look at the docs, we've only covered maybe twenty percent of it, and we're not going to cover it all because we've now covered more than enough. That if you want to figure out how to use the carousel component, I don't need to tell you. You can go or read the fine manual.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, I actually that was another thing I found myself doing was reading the uh, the documentation. It's so well done. Yes, Bootstrap, Bootstrap. is a well
1: documented project and
0: but very I, well written and easy you know easy to follow it it kind of spoon feeds you pretty well
1: yeah and that has a big role to play in which libraries i find myself using and which libraries i find myself running away from <laughs> i will start with the docs and if the docs agree with me then i'll then i'll use the code and if the docs disagree with me i'll just keep googling until i find an alternative that i do like gotcha
0: well this was fun bart i liked Excellent.
1: it Okay, well, um, until next time, which I'm guessing since Christmas and all this weirdo stuff is over, it's probably exactly two weeks from now. But whenever it is, until then, happy computing.
0: If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to let talkie you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.